Play the fucking intro! Welcome, welcome. We've got another wonderful episode for you of SLC Punkcast. I'm Mark Hardcore. And I'm Dustin. Welcome. We've got some great stuff in store for you. Yes, it's a special edition, episode 77.5, and we're doing What's New November, but we're including something that's new in December. Yep, because we've got a little special guest here for you. Jason motherfucking DeVore of Authority Zero, and oh my god, I cannot wait. I am going to fucking free my pants. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, it was a great interview. Really enjoyed Jason. Uh, looking forward to the you know hearing more from them. The album Persona Non Grata was a great album. And I'm looking forward to playing a few more tracks. We played Ah Hell about a month ago when the album was first... Uh, you know, the two tracks were released, and now the whole album's out, came out last week on Friday. So, looking forward to a little bit more. Me too. Yeah, I uh, I heard the uh, the album first while I was out in Jersey. Uh, I had to leave town uh, due to some uh, family circumstances, and so that kind of delayed the uh, the release of the of the interview. But I am really looking forward to, to airing this, and the album is just fucking amazing really it is so it it is so mind-blowing it is and that's what we're going to do first so we have a bunch of tracks for what's new november chris had already put together a playlist as you could tell chris is unable to join us for this episode uh mark gave me a whole bunch of new picks that he wanted to get added so we substituted a few for chris's i snuck one in of my own but we're going to start this off with some authority zero then we're going to do an interview so we're going to play a track we're going to do Atom Bomb first. That's coming up right now. And then we are going to do uh, Right This Way following the interview. So we're going to sandwich that interview with a couple cool tracks. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites off the new album. It's just amazing. I love the, I love the riffs. It's got that classic you know, Passage in Time era, Authority Zero energy. Um, it's just so... Oh, my God. It, and you asked, uh, yes, Jason, a question about this specifics and lyrics and about this song specifically in the interview. Yes, we'll we'll be getting to that shortly. But yeah, love the riffs. So so absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's a good track. And yeah, really really clever and thoughtful lyrics. I I just I'm a sucker for good lyrics. I'm a sucker for killer guitar riffs like. Uh, like You'd this. expect nothing less from Authority Zero. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I I thought that you know maybe with Bill gone, you know it, you know it would, you know, mark the death of Authority Zero's sound. But I mean, this just harks back to to the classic uh, Passage in Time, Andiamo era. It's it's just got everything that makes Authority Zero great. Make Authority Zero great again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what 2018 was. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I mean, Bill Bill is irreplaceable, but, I mean, this is still just... This is a fantastic album. Even if you've hated every single thing they put out since Passage or Andiamo, this is a great album to listen to. It's got something for the old school fans, the new school fans. I don't know. 
I'll quit babbling. We'll, we'll be getting to the, uh, the interview shortly as soon as this track is over. But, oh, my God. The, the album is just... I, I'm creeping my pants just thinking about it. Is it just me? What's going Oh my god, that is just so fucking brilliant! All right, now let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the interview. Uh, this was uh, recorded before uh, the album was released, but uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, I had to I had to leave town, um, so that kind of delayed the release. But we've got it for you coming up, and oh my god! Anyways, I'll shut up now. <laughs> let's get to it. Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, on the phone with us, we've got the man, the myth, the Jason motherfucking Devore. <laughs> The motherfucker. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So let's uh, let's talk a bit about uh, about the new album. Now, your last album, uh, Broadcasting to the Nations, came out just last year, followed by a a live album earlier this year. Your your best live album to date, in my opinion. And now all, you're doing acoustic stuff, uh, and you're dropping yet another studio album. While you all live in different states, and I'm guessing you all have day jobs and families, how do you keep the pace? Oh uh, man, you keep on rolling with it, man. You just keep in contact, you keep talking about, you know, you know, keep, you keep up with each other is what it comes down to. I mean, we just kind of keep in contact. You're still in the Tempe area in Arizona. You got Dan out in uh, in uh, Colorado. Dan ate our guitar player, and then our drummer mm-hmm. uh, Chris Daly out in California, and we're always consistently in contact and. You know, it's a different way of, it's a different time, it's a different way of writing. And we just do it over the phone, internet, flying in, you know, do a couple of days of practice before tours, and then, uh, and or, you know, a few days uh, to do some writing hands-on and work out ideas we come up with, and then we roll from there, dude. Yeah, I've always sort of wondered, you know, how, how bands manage to, like, write write songs and, uh, and practice, you know, when they're in different states. I mean, imagine... Yeah, it's kind of hard to do over the phone. <laughs> or, or Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, honestly, dude. Like, in the past, like, when I was, you know, younger years with the original lineup we had, with Bill and, you know, Jeremy and everybody else, you know, Jim, we all lived here in the same mm-hmm. zone, and it was easy-peasy, you know. It was like, oh, yeah, it's been up in this week to practice and write some stuff. And, uh, you know, you heard about, you know, the lag wagons, the, you know, different bands that, you know, you get older and people move to different places, they have different aspirations. And then yeah, they transfer for families and stuff to different places, and they keep it rolling, you know. And I was always like, how does how do they do that, you know? Yeah. And uh, now I'm in that situation, and we've been for some time now, and it's it's proven to be effective and uh, almost inspiring because everyone's doing their own thing in different locations, in all reality, and it's it's almost uh, brought forth new new ideas, you know, because of that. Speaking of Bill, if you see him, uh, tell him I said fuck you. Oh, I totally will. <laughs> hey, Billy. Yes. Fuck you. Love you, bud. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. broad- 
broadcasting to me seemed like a combination of all your past albums, you know, old school, new school, a little bit of a new sound of its own. Is Persona Non Grata, your new album, is it going to be similar in that respect? A little something for everyone, or are you going to take things in a new direction? What should your what should your longtime fans expect from this album? Well, something new, with hopefully what they would think with every album, hopefully something different that they're not getting this, you know, not getting the same album each and time again, which we've always respected with ourselves, I think, as a as group, whatever, who's involved individually or not. It's just, it's always been ever ever changing and just ever developing and just explore, exploring new elements of music and experimenting with new ideas. So that's exactly what we did with this last one with Persona Negrata with as quick as it came up. Like, as you mentioned, we also did the uh, rewrite for Rhythm and Blues 3, which we recorded and put that out in between. I think that this new one has got a lot more of the personality of the individual members in the current lineup. And um, everyone's, there was no holding back as far as like ideas go or like trying to make sure this or that sound happen, uh, even the past records or what people uh, perceive as the authority zero sound, I guess, at this point in time. Um, but again, it's ever changing and we've embraced those different sounds and uh, characteristics of each band member and put it all to use for this next record persona. Awesome. Awesome. So, like your last album, you recorded this one at the Blasting Room instead of blasting in your own room with a box of Kleenex. Um, right. <laughs> now, for our listeners that don't know, uh, it's run by Bill Stevenson of Descendants, All Only Crime, and Black Flag, and also uh, Jason Livermore. What's it like to record there? What makes it stand out from other studios? Oh, it's just amazing, man. The whole team there, like Livermore, like you say, like the whole the whole team is just on fire. They're constantly moving it's like a giant machine of consistent work uh through the day it's like you record one guitar line it goes to um you know the next room to like get things kind of chopped down and chopped up and things keep on circulating like it's a giant circle of consistent movement and awesome that's the best way i could put it honestly i mean we saw the sentence law two nights back at uh in tucson here at the um rialto got to catch up with bill and uh, kind of recap on the whole record, and uh, it was just it was just cool, man. It's like it's this great team. They're they're great hard workers. It's obviously the proofs in the pudding. It's they've done great records, and you know, Persona Negrata is going to be a staple in that, I think, as well. Yeah, I'd I'd like to meet Bill. He seems like a badass dude. Dude, he's a he's a rad cat, man. He's like he's one of the he's a late night guy to hang around until yo you're ready to leave. You know, otherwise you'll stay there all night and we'll we'll chat it up until five, six AM. <laughs> yeah. It's like great stories, like you know, you talk about stories about fans, about their own history, about, you know, what he's been through and all the things of that nature. And it's just it's, they're great just great individual people. Anyway, so your last albums have revolved a lot about around uh, themes of positive positivity, living life to the fullest, uh, overcoming adversity, and a little you know waxing political mixed in. I know I'm oversimplifying mm-hmm. a little bit, but you know. Sure. And is this album going to be different with the current political climate? Is that where the title comes from? Um, what sorts of themes is this album going to revolve around? Uh, well, well, that being said, you know the persona non grata is obviously a very political term out of the gate. Uh, that's what it more encompasses, you know, initially. Um, but with that, we've taken it a bit further idealistically, with it being more on a platform of us as kids, as punk rockers, as 
I guess, you know, social views, like, you know, like, uh, you know, if you're anything, any, any, anybody who feels unwelcome in a society, like, you know, even like people that are feeling unwelcome in like a, a higher standard of the rich or whatever, and like just, you're not welcome anywhere, but there is a place for you to go. Then, you know, it's like, it's come to us and we're all the same cats. We're the punk rockers. We're the handicapped. We're the, you know, we would call it anything along the line. Um, there's always a place for you. Like, don't ever feel like you're not welcome to be who you are and have a place to go. Awesome. So you're currently, you're, speaking of the new album, you're you're promoting two singles, uh, Ah Hell and Adam Bomb. Let's start with yeah. Ah Hell. What's that song about? Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, ah Hell is well, basically open to everyone's you know, own ideals, but um, initially the idea came from back when I was a kid, right about nine or ten 10 years old, there was a kid that went down this uh, giant ramp on a dirt lot back in Evanston, Wyoming, or Kemmer, Wyoming, I'm sorry, Kemmer, Wyoming. And uh, all, the, all the older kids were kind of bullying him to, like, go off this giant jump and just uh, do a backflip off of it. <laughs> and I didn't understand why, because I was no more, you know, BMX than he was. And he got pressured into it and went for it, and I was sitting down there right by the base of the jump. And he did it, and he did a full double backflip just because of, you know, the leverage. And he ended up landing on his face and busted all of his teeth out of his face. Oh, my God. And it was, yeah, it was insane. And, and he was just, like, you know, crying. And, you know, the ambulance came, all this stuff. And I was, like, in disbelief because all these kids were picking on him, you know, pushing him to do this because they wanted to make sure, you, you know, that you want to be the cool kid. But in the end, it just ended up doing him damage quite a lot, obviously. Yeah. And uh, so it comes from that. It's the idea of, like, once again, the persona grata is, like, the unwelcome. It's, like, the people that are picked on, the people that are, you know, uh, being pressured into things they don't want to do. Uh, sometimes there's good pressure, but there's also the, the opposite side of things, which are negative, and end up just injuring yourself because you feel like you need to belong somewhere. Um, so that comes from that, and you know, you'll hear the lyrics in there. It's like, now I'm chewing on teeth. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things, I've, I've been there. It's like one of those things, you feel pressured at some point in time to do something you really didn't want to do, and but you feel obligated to fit in. But as you grow older, you kind of realize that you know, fuck you guys. It's like, there's no, there's no reason. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just big fuck you. It's like, wow, I was trying to fit in with you guys. You guys are assholes and I don't know anything about you. And, you know, damn me for being me. Or, you know, and then now I'm hurt myself because I'm trying so hard to do so. Yeah, that's, wow. That's, jeez, that's, that's a hell of a story. And yeah. what about, uh, what about Adam Bomb? Uh, I was particularly curious about the line, uh, two billion people can't be wrong. What's that about? It's a, it's an interesting song and it's an interesting lyric. Absolutely. No, I'm glad you asked because um, Adam Mom is absolutely about the kinetic energy we have between human beings, the atoms and ourselves, and we're all intertwined and, and connected. And uh, with that being said, it's also about the idea of how with the internet uh, and this time in space, you know, with uh, cell phones and everything else that's going on and social media, it's rather than when you see something shitty happening within a community or in an instant situation, you're faster to pick out your phone and videotape it and see the abuse happening to people and post it for your own common, you know, your own idea of like getting um, hits or whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, rather than stopping and trying to do something about it and fix the situation and do something good to help that person that's maybe being uh, wronged, you know, uh, in that situation also. So it's all about people getting out there and they're like trying to do their own, their own post of uh, the negative 
stuff that's happening and throw it up real quick for hits rather than doing something good. Yeah. So is that is that like a reference to the number of users on Facebook or? Sorry, yes, the two billion people. Yes, so that's uh, typically in the standard, I guess, uh, time. It's about two two point six billion people are online posting things and doing things of that nature for social media. So that's where that comes from. That reference. Okay. Yeah. I was... So it's, it's it's kind of like a yeah. It's like a yeah. No, yeah. Two billion people can be wrong, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Which means we might be wrong. We're doing something fucking wrong, and we should be doing something better than. Than uh, trying to instigate the situation and do it for a better good of in- individuals in general. Yeah, share this picture of Jesus or a puppy is gonna die. Am I right? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah, totally. You know, people beating each other up, like you know, fights. It's you know, the referencing is all once again in the lyrics, mm-hmm. and uh, just dig deep into it, and you'll you'll find out the meaning more so. I think. Yeah, all right, Dustin. Uh, anything you wanna you wanna ask about? Yeah, Jason, I, I like to ask questions uh, about what you're into. I've been uh, an Authority Zero fan for almost since your first album came out. I, I, when I first heard you on Satellite Radio, so a lot of years ago. Uh, oh, thank you. Big fan. Chris, who also does the show with me, uh, w- it would be a disservice to him <laughs> to not mention that <laughs> your you broadcasting to the nations was his top album of last year. We've played you guys numerous times on the show and talked about your band. Uh, what kind of music are you into? So we're, we're so such big fans. What's what do you listen to in your free time? What what influences you to make what you're making? Oh man, honestly, everything. That's probably a common answer, but I mean, I really am like you can tell with our records and the way that we play music, write music. I mean, I'm into like jazz. I'm into Sinatra. I'm into you know Marley. I mean, really, you name it. I, I love it. I just love music in general. Honestly, it all inspires me. And uh, singer-songwriter stuff, I do a lot of that, obviously, as well. And a lot of the angst just comes from, you know, angst and intensity of the punk rock stuff. Uh, just comes from just my, my roots of being a kid and the love of it still, I guess, you know. Just everything I write and uh, I listen to, even Sinatra. He's like one of the most punk rock guys I know <laughs> that don't even know. <laughs> you, know it's like, you think back to the classics, it's like that's what inspires anything you write. And it just, you know, the high intensity gets me moving with, you know, the, the love of skateboarding and this intensity and seeing the, the, the reaction from anybody in the audience and, like, the hypertensity that it, it involves. Yeah, I'm sure you could derive, uh, you know, punk rock, uh, early punk rock from other areas. Uh, as part of the show, Chris, we do Guilty Pleasures at the end of the show, and that's what he was tying into is <laughs> outlaw country music and how sure. punk rock outlaw country music was at least at yeah. its time in the 70s and why it evolved and it's similar reasons why it kind of broke off from pop country as it were and how punk started and came uh, you know from the the long drawn out rock of you know uh, led zeppelin and stuff like that people wanted something different i like your guys live show there, there's a handful of bands that I, I wouldn't miss no matter what and it's because you guys put on such a, a great live show i've seen you guys four or five times and that's really just in the last couple of years I've caught you guys every time you've been to Salt Lake recently. I saw your show at Punk Rock Bowling. Not this year. I'd already bought all my club mm-hmm. show tickets before your guys' show was announced. But I did see it last year. And, you know, two memories that stick out from live shows in general to me are from your shows. Once here in Salt Lake, the drummer, I think it was his grandfather, was in a wheelchair. Yes, I was at that show. That was amazing. Yeah, And, and they had a oh, circle yeah. pit going around. And it was outside. It went outside the door into the area where the merch was being sold and back. And and he was in the front in his wheelchair. So that's one that will always just stand out as just something 
awesome to, to, to see a punk rock show. Yeah, that was so fun. Sorry, yeah, right? but I, I remember that very clearly. Yeah, like a lot of my friends come from. So once again, you know, Mark knows, and you probably know as well. I'm from, you know, I was born here in Phoenix, Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, you know, et cetera. But I moved, you know, shortly after to Wyoming, and which is right across the border from Salt Lake City, Utah. Right. And so all my friends, it's it's great always coming back there to Salt Lake City because that's where me and my skate crew, you know, we were a bunch of, you know, we were six punk rock skateboard kids in a town of a bunch of boys that we got in fights with all the time. And like, you know, we chased each other around town and it got just, it got bad, you know, it got interesting, we'll say. <laughs> um, so it's always, it's always great to come back there and it reunites me and all my old friends in that, you know, that childhood of uh, before even Authority Zero started and uh, how it all began, you know, with the intensity of all that going, going on. And, um, yeah, I remember that show you're talking about. So he was, like, racing around. We, he was actually in the circle pit. You know, he was getting pushed around, and then he stood in the middle there in this, in the, in this wheelchair. And it was very memorable as well to me. Right. Oh, Such yeah. a huge smile on his face. That was, was great to see and great to be a part of. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you for being there. And I appreciate you guys always stopping through, uh, you know, every time you guys are out here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Not all bands always do that here in Salt Lake. And yeah. it's great to be able to catch you. Uh, another memory I have is uh, last year, not this year, but last year at Hogs and Heifers in, in Vegas. And you guys show yeah. it was awesome. It was late. I'd already been at the main show for I don't know how long. And uh, I stayed for like two songs of Counterpunch and I was done because that was like hour 13 that day. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's a rough one. The, yeah. whole, the whole program is gnarly. <laughs> yeah. But you guys in the attack were fantastic. I, another vivid memory from the live show. You got you're, you were crowd surfing, and the the ceiling is so low there that you could reach the ceiling fans, and you were spinning the ceiling fan around when the crowd kind of had you just under one of the ceiling fans. Yeah, that was getting close. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they weren't turned on. It's yeah, I. And me, uh, I, I remember I, I was at, uh, at your Hogs and Heifers show the year before, and, and you, you signed a CD for a, for a friend who was uh, sick, and that was also one of the wildest pits I, I can ever remember seeing. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, I remember a couple of kids almost got kicked out because security mistook it for like a, uh, you know, mistook it for Back a fight. Bar. Yeah, like a bar brawl or something. Yeah, and and you stopped in the middle of the show. You're like, guys, let them stay. It's just a pit. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. And I was like, that's important. You know, it's like I know that security and I respect security, you know, guards, and they're all just doing their job, right. trying to keep people safe. But there's a point where it gets over, over aggressive sometimes and people get misunderstood. It's like when I'm antagonizing people or inspiring people to get more worked up and just have the fucking day of your life, uh, it can turn into like the, the view of, you know, this is getting too out of control. But on the other side of the coin, you know, people that come to our shows, I feel respect the idea of everybody and, and respect, you know, just everybody that's involved with the show and our group. And I think that they know when to pull back and when not to, and you know, yeah, things like that. Always like when you're in the pit, it's like pick somebody up, they fall down. That kind of idealism. Right. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, but never each other. Well, I, you know, talking about the live shows, those are some memorable moments uh, for me at your shows. What are some memorable moments for you at your shows? You guys tour so much. I mean, you guys were, I think you've mm-hmm. gone to Japan a couple times in the last couple of years. You guys play some great festivals. Uh, you guys were at Rebellion Festival this last year. 
What are some memorable performances for you? Where are some great places that you love to go? Um, in recent times, I mean, there's obviously, like you said, so many throughout the years with, gosh, so much happened. Um, but as of late, I mean, one of the last tours I did back in uh, Europe here this last summer, we were up for seven weeks, and we did, one of our first shows was Resurrection Fest, uh, as mentioned, in Spain. And that was our first show, and it was just, like, nuts, dude. It was, like, we were, like, mid-afternoon. There's about probably 20,000 people out there. And wow. uh, nobody, it was, like, more of a metal fest kind of thing at that point in time. Like, you know, Kiss played that night. Megadeth played wow. that night. Whoa. And then, yeah, and we played that night. So, what's that tell you? I was like, kind of weird. So, huh? Like, we're playing what? Uh, so, it was fucking brilliant. And we're, we love those guys. They've always been so good to us. But... We played that show, and it was just, man, it just filled up. Along the way of the entire show, we were playing under a tent, and uh, it started out somewhat minimal, I guess, you know, for the grand part of things, but uh, toward the end, it just got nuts. It was like probably 10,000 people, like, on the giant tent, and by the end, we had to crouched down, singing our last song, lift one up, off the uh, broadcasting album, and everybody, like, got in the audience, the, the whole crowd, and all the guys were jamming, and, you know, we got everybody to just jump up and get super rad together. It just felt like a, a great moment of unity, you know. And, again, that's more a moment, uh, moment in the uh, current times. <clears throat> so just things like that. I mean, it's happened quite along the way. You know, but Japan, obviously, is always fantastic. Uh, local shows, I mean, you know, there's, there's once again, like I said, there's too many to name uh, that have been such great moments, I feel like, along the way here. Well, as a fan, you know, I talk about how much I like your shows. So as a fan for you, what's a good show that you went to that you saw? Maybe a band that you saw at one of these festivals. What's uh, a band or two that might stand out to you? Um, along the way, I mean, back in Japan for a moment, uh, Hey Slim. Yeah. It was a band that we worked with back in Japan. Yeah, we're going back out there in about two weeks. Yeah, and uh, you came out, they came out here with you. I saw them uh, with you guys in Salt Lake City. I, I was at that yeah. show, too. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, they're brilliant. I mean, honestly, it's it's funny because sort of us and our relationship with them was Cappy Mopey, Cappy Bomb Records out there. Uh, they put one of our first records out. It was like second or third record uh, for a Japanese release. And they were just kind of starting out as like a, a ska band, you know, just a civil ska band, you know, straight away. And then they just blew up. Like it was gnarly how much they blew up. They have their own festival out there now, you know. Wow. And, uh yeah, they have their own festival, and that's what we flew out there for about two months ago, and we played just one day in Japan, flew back home, and we started our U.S. tour. Um, but they've just been developing and developing, and they're like a metal, metal ska, rock punk, awesome. Man, it's, it's, it's hard to describe them. But they've uh, they've endured so very much, and they're one of my favorite bands. You know, they've they become good friends, and the whole, the whole they become part of family with the whole crew with us as well. From there, I'd say, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of another band has been popping off. Uh, well, obviously, Counterpunch. You know, those are friends of ours, too, from oh, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, those guys are brilliant. I mean, they're age-old friends once again through touring and just ever-developing, and there's a lot of fun. You know, it's like, it's cool, like, 90s, like, late 90s skate punk rock, and that's what I grew up on, and I love that stuff. Yeah, I actually hooked uh, Counterpunch up with a with a house to stay at uh, when they came through with Strung Out. So yeah, those guys are those guys are awesome. I love uh, I love their single uh, "Destroyed by Lions." Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean Jared, Eric, all those guys—they're all 
fantastic people as well. Anyway, uh, let's let's see. So you're doing a CD release show in Phoenix on December 7th to promote yep. the new album. And then what? A tour? Uh, more songwriting? What comes next? Uh, what comes next is, um, as I say, we have a few weeks. Uh, I'm going to Mexico this next weekend. Doing some solo shows out there with uh, uh, Roger Klein from uh, Roger Klein's Peacemaker. He has a place down there called Banditos. I'm going down there next weekend with Mike, again, the bass player of Authority. And uh, I'm going to do two shows down there, come back on Monday, next 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 week. And then uh, the guys fly into town. We do practice for one day. And then we fly to Japan the next day for, that headlining, uh, for our first headlining um, solo tour. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, we're playing with uh, Dizzy Sunkiss out there. Sunfist, sorry, Dizzy Sunfist. <clears throat> and then. Uh, from there, we're going to release the album coming up here shortly and then doing a video once we get back from Japan Ooh. for our first single, All Hell. And then uh, New Year's Eve, I think we finally have off for the first time in about seven years. <laughs> so to do family time and, you know, kind of catch up with the relatives and uh, friends. And from there, just tour the, you know, tour the world as we can uh, with the new record coming out. Woohoo! Um, are you stopping yeah. in Mexico City by any chance? No, just Rocky Point. Oh, okay. Just in Rocky Point, yeah, for that couple of days. Oh, okay. And yeah. the album drops December seventh. Uh, I can't wait to um, to get my hands on a cough on a copy and um, and Thank you. Uh, give it a listen. Cough. Um, Thank you. <laughs> again, it's titled Persona Non Grata. Where can your fans get it? Uh, go to well, it's gonna be iTunes release. Unless go to uh, right now. There's no pre-sales at records dot com here in, locally in Arizona, at least. Otherwise than that, just authorityzero.com. Check that out on the Facebook page uh, for the pre-sales and pre-orders and all that fun stuff. And uh, it is our first currently self-release, so we're excited about that. Oh, well, nice. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Really can't wait to hear it. Well, oh, thank, thank you, you, Jason. It's always a pleasure to have you, um, to, to interview you. Thank you so much for taking a minute out of your, uh, out of your show schedule and, uh, and talking to us. Of course, man. My pleasure. Thank you, guys, man. All right. Look forward to seeing from you hopefully soon. Take care. Thank awesome, you. Dustin Mark. Take care, man. Thank you, too, Jason. Good luck tonight. Cheers, Cheers brother. Thank you very much. All right. We're back. So uh, we just played, um, before the interview, we did uh, Adam Bomb by Authority Zero, even though it was released uh, this month um, and not last month. Uh, up next, we're going to get uh, the final track off of the uh, new Authority Zero album, Persona Non Grata. This one's called Right This Way. And uh, it's it's uh, poppy, it's melodic, it's got some sticky hooks. And I dig it. I did too. It was cool. I, I've said this before. I don't think Authority Zero could produce a bad studio album if they tried. I agree. Everything's great. I really like Broadcasting to the Nations. Again, Chris, that was his top album of last year. And I agree. It's a... It's a wonderful album, you know, as with this one, Persona Non Grata, you know, it's got something that, you know, even if you stopped listening after Passage in Time, you'll enjoy this album. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this this is just harks back to all that uh, all that old school energy. They, they haven't slowed down a bit.
Yes. Yes. So good. Uh, thanks again to Jason for joining us, taking time. You can tell his voice was a little hoarse. Busy schedule those guys out. They're constantly touring, constantly going places. So uh, very much appreciative for him joining. Absolutely. Yeah, he's always a delight to talk to. Uh, yeah. It's my second time interviewing him for me personally and uh, my third interview overall with uh, with Authority Zero. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Let's jump into some November tracks. This is one. So Chris alluded to this when he played it. Uh, it came out in November. He did a cover track. This EP had an acoustic track. And then now we're going to play just another one that Chris enjoyed. So though Chris can't be here, we're going to play some tracks that Chris wanted to have heard on the What's New November. This is Dave House. The track's called Lemon Hill, and it's off that September Haze EP we've already played a couple tracks from. Dave's from the Loved Ones. If everybody remembers them, talk about that all the time. From Philadelphia, and this was released November 1st. I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize the Loved Ones were from, from Philadelphia. I'm surprised that would have escaped me noticing. Um, but, I don't know. Now i got to look up Lemon Hill, because, I mean, I imagine that someplace in Philadelphia that I... Right? Didn't know about, um, and I've been to Philadelphia a few times. Um, it's never a, been, so I have no clue. I've never heard of Lemon Hill yet, but I think you're probably right. It's got to be somewhere in Philly. It's a beautiful. Philly is just a beautiful city. It's, it's. There's no. There's no comparing it to anywhere else. Um, and I, you know, you can go up to the top of. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the skyscraper now. I think it's like One Liberty Tower. Um, downtown Philly, and you can you can see like all the historical sites. They're all like packed together in one part of town too. Um, there's also brilliant. There's also the Mint, and there's a brilliant uh, Jewish museum there. Um, last time I was there was 2016, and uh, I really enjoyed my time out there. things I really like about doing these What's New episodes, you get into, you know, a lot of different bands we, we, we showcase, talk about, but it's also a variety. I usually go in order of release, so that was November 1st, and November 2nd brings us something completely different. This, uh, this particular track uh, was one of my picks. Yes. This is uh, Sick of It All. They uh, dropped a track with... Uh, Tim McElrath of Rise Against, who is a big Sick of It All fan, and also Chuck Reagan of Hot Water Music, as well as you know some solo stuff. And oh my God, that, you know it's always a trip hearing uh, guest vocalists you know, as big as these two guys. Um, but 
This is this is just a brilliant track. Uh, you know, it's, it's pure it's pure NYC hardcore. You know, a little back to the glory days of the 1980s. So yeah, let's let's give this a listen. It's uh, Super Vinyl, and it's called the Bulls Anthem. Yes, so again, I was talking about variety. We went from like easy listening punk to some great hardcore, sick of all of my favorite hardcore bands. And now we're getting into some Psychobilly. Gotta love the Psychobilly. This is one of Chris's picks. Uh, cool band from Montreal's The Gutter Demons. They released No God, No Ghost, No Saints on the second as well. And this track's called Cold Call. I dig it already. Can't get enough of uh, good Psychobilly. Yeah. All right. This is this, this is Gutter Demons with no god, no ghost, no saints. Oh, my God. 
Yes. All right. So, yep, good track, Gutter Demon, Psycho Billy. Now let's get to some good old punk and drug church. Mark, this is one of your picks. Yep, this was a hardcore band I uh, I dug up. I dug up. For some reason, uh, I was thinking that Drug Church was like an alternative band because I thought I'd heard of, of them like being played on uh, on X ninety six. But uh, I guess these guys are uh, these guys are hardcore, and I dig this uh, this track. This is uh, Grubby. It's uh, dropped November seventh, or excuse me, November second uh, on their album Cheer, and they are from Albany, New York. Yes. That's Drug Church. Uh, it's a good pick. Yep. I like the variety. This one is the one track I snuck in. Uh, a bunch of the bands that I would have included. Uh, some of you, you were uh, Chris, already picked some of those. But some of the other ones that I would have picked too, I found other episodes to plug them in down the road. But the one I wanted to throw in there is No Heart. These guys are from uh, British Columbia. They did a split with Sabotage, who's from Sweden. Uh, it's a uh, LP split, so they each did about five to six tracks, something like that. And this is one of No Heart's tracks, Youth Tribes. This was released November 3rd. Coolness. All right, let's 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 give it a listen, shall we? Yeah.
Mark, what do you think of No Heart? Are you a fan? Have you heard of No Heart before? These guys are on LSM Vinyl. Shout out to Mike Longshot. I dig it. Uh, where did you say these guys were from? Uh, Victoria, B.C., up in Canada. They sound like they came straight out of London. <laughs> All right. This is one of the tracks that Chris picked. Chris, uh, he's a variety guy. We just had a, a Chris pick a little bit ago. It was a Psycho Billy. Now we got a ska track. These guys are completely insane. Maybe, literally, I don't know, but that's the name <laughs> of the band. They're from Oahu, Hawaii. This might be the first punk band from Hawaii that we've had played on the show. I don't know. I, I don't know if you'd consider Pepper a, a punk band. Um, they're more along the lines of reggae, but they're also from Hawaii. Okay. Um, and uh, one of my favorite tracks by them is uh, No Control. Nice. That's- they're cool. I, I've heard them. I don't think we've played them on the show yet. Yeah, they toured uh, with Authority Zero, in fact. Nice. These guys uh, came out with their album November 3rd. The album is All According to Plan, and this track here is Fate of the Dishonest. Let's give it a listen. the sky i love the full sound i love all the instruments uh chris is a bigger sky guy than i but i like it 
Alright, we're moving on to two from this album. First one's your pick, and I would have picked this one. I, this is my favorite. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Against Me. But this is off of the, the songs that saved my life. This is your pick. Tell us about it. This is um, well, th- this is a track uh, off a uh, comp for suicide prevention. Um, so I, I felt it was uh, pretty appropriate, and I, I really I really enjoy this uh, this particular track. Um, and it's a great it's a great cover. It's a cover of an old school uh, punk staple. And so yeah, I figured I'd throw it in. I like the the Jim Carroll version was great. Uh, first time I heard it was Basketball Diaries soundtrack. I've never even, I don't think I've ever even seen that movie or even heard of it, come to think of it. Leonardo DiCaprio when he was younger. (laughs) All right, well, let's give it a listen.
good track. It's a good pick. I like the original version. Uh, Chris had one also picked from this. This band is called Stand Atlantic. Never heard of them. But they're doing a cover of Your Graduation, which is a cover from the band Modern Baseball. Chris really liked this. That's why he picked it. The original, anyway, Modern Baseball. I'm not sure what his opinion is of the new version. But it's also on the, the Songs That Saved My Life compilation. This band, Stand Atlantic, is from Sydney, Australia. And again, this compilation came out on November 9th. Yeah, I think I can hear a little bit of the accent in this uh, in this particular track. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I guess we... I'm not even familiar with the original, to be honest with you. But I'm not either. Yeah. I guess we'll give it a listen. Here it is. This is Chris's pick. your pick. There you go. Stand Atlantic. All right. Up next, this is some Swingin' Utters with uh, the track off of the Bird Party EP split with with uh, or, yeah, it was a split with Nothington and uh, up next one, the Nothington track. Yeah, we're going to play them both. This Swingin' Utters track is Shouted at Them Culture. This split was released on November 9th and each band only has one track on it. Yeah, sometimes you see, uh, sometimes you see two band splits. It's not, you know, it's not too, uh, it's not too unheard of. But uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, have a listen. Shout it out, shout it out, shout it out, shout it out, 
Yes, was- Swinging Others. They had a busy year. They released that Greatest Hits about a year ago. They released an album that was back short- in August, and then this EP as well. Plus touring. Saw those guys at uh, Punk Rock Bowling this year. I hate you. <laughs> All right, this is the other half of the split. This is Nothington, and the track is Covering My Tracks. This is one that you picked, Mark. And it's a good one. I don't know. Honestly, honestly, I tend to, I tend to lean a little more away. I guess away from uh, from nothing to. But I mean, well, just because I, I don't know. But I, I really dig this track. Um, it's just a. Uh, I love, I love the singer's kind of Chuck Reagan-y uh, voice and uh, and you know, a little bit, just a tiny hint of country. And uh, yeah, it comes out. Uh, it comes out really good. It does. It's a good track. I like Nothington, and uh, and uh, I think it looks like you made a note here. I think they are. I think they're wrapping up. They were doing a little bit of touring and yes. their last releases and everything. These guys are calling it uh, a day as far as Nothington's concerned. Which would be really sad, but uh, I guess c'est la vie, c'est la, c'est la music industry. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. They are from San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. And uh, that's San Francisco via Santa Cruz for Swing Nutters. So a couple northern Cal bands. Santa Cruz, I hear, is a really interesting city. An old high school friend of mine, though, who I had the hugest crush on, uh, moved to Santa Cruz after uh, after graduation. She, <laughs> she, escaped the, uh, she escaped the Zion Curtain, as would as we say. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I have to admit, I'm kind of kind of jealous. I haven't heard from her in a long time. But, uh, yeah. She's still pretty damn hot, too. <laughs> there you go. All right, this track uh, we played uh, against me, doing a cover just a little bit ago. This is actually Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers. 
So Laura Jane Grace and Adam Willard, the drummer of Against Me, uh, together have their own separate band doing a, their own separate thing. Released an album called Bot to Rot on November 9th, and this track is called Reality Bites. This is uh, another pick, oh Chris. All right, let's have a listen. Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers, another great track, uh, another great track from the band. You know, the Adam Willard, Laura Jane Grace, it's cool to have a little side project going on. I've always been a fan of uh, Against Me, and it's cool that they have something else, you know, just something else for everybody to love. Yeah, and you can get some interesting shit out of, uh, you know, out of different um different side projects uh, some of my favorites some of my favorite bands are side projects implants being one of them they're more of a super group than a side project i guess but uh, they've got members of um, 10 foot pole pulley voodoo glow skulls uh the tank um strung out and uh, an awesome sound to, oh and i think uh no use if i remember right uh, they got matt riddle as their bassist now wow um fantastic uh, band um, and, um, you know, Jason DeVore and the Bollocks, you know, a little I- kind of Dropkick Murphys type uh, Irish punk band. Uh, you know, another uh, another side project. Speaking of Jason. Right. Um, <laughs> and another another favorite of mine is Only Crime. Um, it's got, you know, Russ Rack at a good riddance, uh, Bill Stevenson um, and oh, one of the a couple other guys from uh, from Black Flag, I think, or. But anyways, let's uh, let's get back into it. Uh, this next this next one is called uh, the this is uh, Dodard at the Dial, which is by the Ratchets. And if I remember right, Dodard was an insult uh, that uh, Kim Jong Un used for President Trump. And that's how that kind of got into the mainstream verbiage nobody else really knew what it meant to it at that time i still didn't know until you mentioned that i thought it was a weird choice for chris chris picked this uh, mm-hmm. i would have picked something off the ratchets album it's uh, first light came out on pirates press i would have picked something different than this one just because of the name like i don't know what the fuck a dotard is but well, that's what google is for dude <laughs> i didn't care enough to figure out this is this came out on november 9th and again, this is uh, Ratchets. They were just doing the in any port show with Lions Law, Coxbar. Uh, this means war, Krim. Just this last weekend, that would have been a, a pretty slick show. Yeah. Um, 
All right, let's uh, let's give this one a listen. Dotered at the dial. I wonder if it's. Uh, I wonder if it's a slam of uh, President Trump. If that's what it's about, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Could be. Now we're on to useless ID. Chris wanted to play the whole seven songs because the seven songs in under five minutes. This one's almost done. This is the first one. It's split song. Uh, Mark also selected to play the next track, which is going to be tour song number two. This was released. Seven Hits from Hell on November 16th. That was track number one. It was just done that quickly. That was Split Song. Mark, this is the one you wanted, tour song number two. It's 52 seconds. It's, it's almost double the length. Just like you. <laughs> <laughs> but still, still way too short. That was fast. That was. And uh, we're just about on to the next one. These guys are from Tel Aviv, Israel. This might be the first punk band from Israel that's been on this show. I think Andrew Jackson Jihad, or the band formerly known as Andrew Jackson Jihad, now they're called, uh, I think, just AJJ. Um, They are also from Israel, and and, uh, I think they they have kind of a similar sound, actually. But... And also, Yotam Ben Horan, uh, the, uh, the singer, is also a solo artist, and uh, you know, along the kind of along the lines of you know, like Greg Graffin or Chuck Reagan or that kind of stuff. That was Local Expert. That was track number three. These guys are on Fat Records. I think they have a sound of the bands. You know, sounds similar. They sound like they belong on Fat Records. Oh, they definitely do. This one is Lyronize it. I don't know if I even said that right. I don't even know what that means. I think it's Lyronize it, and I don't know either, to be honest with you, and that was fast. That was. That was only 20 seconds. <laughs> Just like you. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up now. All this right. one is the fifth track, so we're getting close to the end. It's still not the longest. It's called Punks on the Other Side, but it is 47 seconds. Yeah. So let's give this one a listen, and then uh, we'll get to the last track of the night. Yeah. 
All right, that was. Uh, and I lied. That's not the last track. Uh, we got a few more coming up. Uh, this is the last. Uh, we got two more off of that. Uh, off of that uh, useless ID. Uh, this is the longest album. one on the album, and it's one minute. It's one minute six seconds. How how have you? How about that? A one minute song, and that's the longest on the album. They but, called it no time, and that's how you know you get an EP. They could have, they could have done in like uh, fifteen songs. It still would have been an EP. <laughs> right? <laughs> would have been like like. That, that, that would have been fifteen songs in ten minutes. Yeah, fifteen songs <laughs> in ten minutes. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's give this last one a, a listen, and uh, we this lie. is no time. And then there's one more track off this album. Oh yeah, my bad. Sorry, I'm I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. Um, and after that, we've got uh, four more, uh, including two of my picks. All right. All right, and the very last one. Uh, this one is uh, too bad you don't get it. Only 44 seconds here. Holy shit! That was an that was an ending, right? Was, well, Chris will be happy to know we played all seven tracks. I'm sure he would. All right, we're gonna do one more split. So, Iron Sheik and Toys That Kill. This uh, this one is a uh, nice little uh, nice little split uh, released on the 16th. Uh, one of these bands is from uh, Long Island, and another one is from San Pedro, California. Yes, Iron Sheik being uh, the first up from Long Island. This track is called "The Old Man of Crete." And it's actually an LP split, so they each, I think they had about five five or so tracks apiece, and this came out November 16th. Man, I love good uh, LP splits. splits. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes I think an EP is just not long enough for a, for a good split. You know what I mean? I agree. And there was a lot of splits this last month. We, we played tracks from the No Heart Sabotage split, the Swinging Utters Nothington split, and then now we're doing this one right here, Iron Sheik and Toys That Kill. All right.
Yes, all right. Up next, uh, Toys That Kill. Uh, this is the kind of boy, uh, one of the other uh, art, the other artists on that uh, particular split. Yep, this Chris picked both these. He wanted to play the split, and I like playing splits, uh, especially a track from each band. Uh, Chris picked both. The old Man of Crete wrapping up here, and like you said, Toys That Kill, the cut-up boy. I hear your mom likes doing splits. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up now. <laughs> In the constant void Now they call up the cutter boys They drown it down if they could In a pool up in Hollywood Yeah, they drown it down if they There's Toys That Kill. There's two tracks left, Mar. Both of these you pick. All right. This one is uh, this one is Muppet and Hamblin by Leftover Crack. It's uh, got the distillers, uh, Brody Dally. And uh, I didn't know uh, Leftover Crack was from New York. Um, but I guess they are. But this one is uh, a B-side, and it's... Uh, or according to the album, an E-side or an F-side. Yeah, the, the title... <laughs> The title of the album is Leftover Leftover Crack, the E-Sides and F-Sides, which I think, you know, what else are you going to call a B-Sides album by those guys? Right. <laughs> All right. I saw Leftover Crack at Punk Rock Bowling, not this last year, but the year before. They were pretty awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last track. All right, yeah, this was one of my picks. Uh, I don't remember how I, I... I think I was just, like, looking for new uh, tracks to throw on. And, oh, my God, I how have I never heard of these guys before? It's kind of like... They, it's kind of like Guar meets Necromantics. These guys are called Cancer Slug. Um, I, it, and it's like... They combine kind of the... You know, kind of like the sound of... Maybe not necromantics, but you know, little, a little hint of like rockabilly um, with the kind of offensive lyrics you you would uh, get from a band like War. <laughs> but oh, this one's "I Hate Your Kids." Yeah, it's oh my god, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and the album "Beating a Dead Whore." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's another one of those offensive tracks that you know, that makes makes punk so much fun. I've yep. heard of Count or Cancer Slug before, but not the music. I just hadn't heard it. And after this, you know, I'm looking it up. It's the singer 
is Adam Wolfman's story. So he's actually the singer for Doyle, and he's also been the singer for Doyle for the last five years or so. And Doyle was just here in Salt Lake City last night. I missed it, but I saw it a couple years back, and I saw him singing for him. I didn't realize he had a whole other band, Cancer Slug. Yeah. I I wish I discovered these guys a long time ago. Oh, man. I you know, it's up there with the classics of, you know, like, shock rock of, of like, you know, TSOL, Code Blue, or Dead Kennedys, I Killed Children, or Offspring, Beheaded, uh, those kinds of tracks. Actually, funny story behind uh, Beheaded. I, uh, I I mentioned earlier John Smith, um, and, uh, and uh, by the way, he asked me to say uh, that he unfortunately is no longer hosting uh, X96 or is no longer on X96 and is no longer hosting SLC Punks but he wanted to give a shout out to all his listeners and he wants to thank all of them for for listening um, and yeah I'm, I'm bummed that he's gone but uh, you know uh, I, I think it We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he does now. I, I know he's going to miss playing punk music on the radio. I would. Yeah, he's good. he went over to uh, Arrow one hundred three point five, which uh, is owned by the LDS Church, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that that would be an interesting kind of transition. That will. Yeah. Well, this it, is wrapping up. This was Alex Story, the Wolfman, and Cancer Slug. Cool pick. All right. Let's uh, let's call it a night. Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Mark, thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed some cool new stuff, even some new December stuff. Uh, great interview with Jason. Uh, love Authority Zero. Love the new album. Oh my God. We love love it, and it, the interview was great. It was a pleasure to get to talk to him, and we really appreciate everybody listening. I hope you enjoy all the tracks. Yeah, I I mean, um, I I have had that album seriously going nonstop. Like that, it's just so. It, I think you know it, it took you know it took me like a few spins for it to grow on me completely. But I think it's even better than broadcasting. It it uh, it's it's topped broadcasting. Maybe, well, I don't know. Maybe not topped, but it's it's really it's it's up there with broadcasting. And you know, again, comes close to being their best album since Andiamo or even Passage. I look forward to asking Chris, since it was his top album last year out of all albums, what he thinks of Persona Non Grata. I haven't got to talk to him since it's been released. Yeah, the other thing, too, is, you know, know, having first listened to it while uh, fighting through Jersey Rush Hour, I guess it's going to have some positive associations of of Jersey for me, but, but, I mean, it's... Oh, it's just so just the riffs are are so classic and and they're so beautifully executed he's he's so good at writing you know wonderful sticky hooks and and you know just you know pounding rhythms you know chris daly he did an amazing job on drums just pounding rhythms out like nobody's business um and and just you know that rapid fire tempo and energy that carried them from from uh, the very beginning with uh, Passage in Time. Right. All right, I'll shut up now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Play the fucking outro.